Welcome back to another episode of Baller Island. Jay Sahoda, Bilal Lahi. On this episode, we will recap week 12 in the NFL and go through headlines, scores, playoff standings. Who we think is the top dog for winning MVP this year? It's kind of wide open. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. Our winners and losers from week 12 and we'll look ahead to week 13, including a huge game in the AFC East on Monday night between the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. You know, we're going to be hyped up to talk about that one. We'll also talk some NBA news, including Kemba Walker, Suns Warriors, Michael Porter Jr. gone for the year. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. And new college basketball rankings. Duke is now the number one in the country. Gonzaga falls to three. Purdue is now number two. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. So keep it locked. Stay tuned. We got a good one coming your way. And don't forget to give Baller Island a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. Welcome back to the island, friends. Another episode ready to go. Week 12 in the NFL is in the books, and it's finally time for December football. December football, just I mean, it's always entertaining. Finally get to talk playoff scenarios, division winners, wild card race, and all that fun stuff. We'll get into all of that. We'll also get into some basketball as well. A little bit of a shakeup in the Top 25 early on in the year in college ball. We'll get to that as well. And then some NBA news, including B's favorite guy, Kemba Walker, getting benched by the Knicks. Or not benched, but out of the rotation. We'll talk that as well. Jay Sahoda, Bilal Lahi. B, another great week for the Niners and Pats. Another week of victorious for us. Yeah, man. We starting to roll, baby. 4-0 in November for me. I mean, we just getting started, bro. I'm so amped. It's this this week's game against Buffalo. We'll we'll talk about that once we get to week thirteen. Is huge, huge, and and I can't wait to start talking about that game because it's just uh every year that that game is is something else. A lot on the line, majority of the time for Buffalo. This one definitely Buffalo, and we'll talk about that as well. The Bills finally got their shit together, beating the Saints thirty-one to six. We'll talk a bit about that as well when we get to it. We'll start with basketball, but before we start any of this. I got I to gotta shout out someone real quick. This is one of my favorite coaches in all of sports. Mm. Had a magnificent win over the weekend. A huge win in his career. I want to congratulate Jim Harbaugh and Michigan on finally beating Ohio State. I couldn't be happier for Coach Harbaugh. That took way longer than it should have. He finally got it done. Finally got Michigan to their first ever Big Ten title game. I don't pay attention much to college football. I don't think you do either. But I do keep an eye on Michigan from time to time solely because Coach Harbaugh's my guy. And I that was that was a hell of a win. Great game. And man, did you see did you did you see the pictures from after that game at the yeah, big house? Definitely, I did. Absolutely wild. Like that that whole thing at the end of the game just gave me straight chills. That's that's why we love sports for moments like that to see the raw emotion, seeing Jawan Howard get down there, uh, you know, wishing Jim Harbaugh and the players, you know, congratulations. Hell of a job, but yeah, just wanted to shout out Coach Harbaugh and the Wolverines, and best of luck to them this weekend in the Big Ten title game. But moving on, well, I guess we'll start with basketball, NBA, college ball. What you want to go first? Man, let's start with the NBA. All right, let's go for it. So, you know, Kemba Walker being the latest news in the league, um, I feel really bad, man. Like, I, like I, I didn't like Kemba as a fit for the Celtics, I loved him as a, you know, a personality, as a player, you know, all smiling, you know, he tried his best, did some charge it. Like he did everything he could, right. He just, 
his knees were shot at that point, and I'm like, it's best to move on from him. This has been coming on for the Knicks for a while. He's been out of the rotation. Like, when he says out of the rotation, this means he's not the starter anymore. I was already seeing he was out of the rotation. He wasn't playing in the fourth quarter at all for the last couple of weeks, not playing any fourth quarter minutes. They're rolling with Alec Burks at the one now. Um, and they want to play young guys like quickly, you know, like I understand it. Thibodeau is a defensive first guy and we know the limitations Kemba has on D. Um, and then to go a little Celtics route here, flipping him for Al Horford, who's had an amazing year and adding Josh Richardson too. Those two worked out perfectly, and it worked out for the Celtics. But I feel really bad for Kemba. It's your boy Nick Nurse's fault for playing him an extra 20 minutes or something in that all-star game, and his knees have never been the same since. But, yeah, tough luck for Kemba. Yeah, I mean, this is quite a fall from grace for Kemba Walker, wouldn't you say, from really what he was doing in Charlotte. I think he was before Boston, if I'm correct. He was you know, a, a star in the league and he was trending that way. And when he went to Boston, think, you know, everyone was fairly excited about that for what he could do. Obviously Kyrie leaving and we know what Kemba can do. And he just, I, I, I don't know what's up with the guy, but he just hasn't been able to recover from God knows what. And it's been just all downhill from there. I mean, he's only had what two games of 20 points plus all year long. I mean, it's been, it's been tough sledding for the guy against the Lakers, only six points, seven points the game after that against Chicago. I mean, it just it, it has not been pretty for him this season at all. And I agree with you. The Knicks are, we talked about it a lot of times. They're a young team. They want to play some of the younger guys, but to see Campbell fall out of that when he was supposed to be the veteran coming in and helping these young guys, and for him to fall out of the rotation, and we're not even we're not even in December yet. I mean that is that is definitely tough for Kemba and man that's a I, I don't know what more to say and we'll see how the Nick the Knicks do with this new look rotation but man that's that's definitely some tough love for Kemba. Yep, man. I mean, I hate to be like, yo, I told you so on this one because you never want to see stuff like this happen. But absolutely, it, it is. You know, the good thing I would say for the Knicks is they weren't paying them the thirty mil that the Celtics are paying them. They're paying them you know, a little bit less. I think they're paying him eight or nine mil. So not terrible. It's a little bit of a low risk, high reward. But elsewhere in the NBA, um, today we got a hell of a game. Warriors, Suns. Suns on a 16-game win streak. Warriors on a seven-game win streak. Just a, a little preview of the Western Conference Finals. It very well could be. I mean, you you never know in the West. Like, it's it, it's anyone's game. You, just, you never know who's going to get there and everything like that. But it's really shaping like that. I mean, Golden State has been lights out all year long. And then Phoenix has ripped off 16 in a row after starting one and three. These are undoubtedly the two hottest teams in the NBA. This is must watch TV if I were to look at it. And yeah, I was just saying a few minutes ago before we got going, this would be an unbelievable Western Conference Finals or even just, just a playoff series in general. This would be such an entertaining series to have. Booker and Steph and Clay, CP3 going back and forth. That'd be a hell of a game. Golden State's playing lights out. Phoenix playing lights out. This should be a great, great game, a game before December gets started. You know what's one thing that's crazy about this Suns run to me is like, you know, a team makes the finals. Next year, they're not the slept-on team. But this team is slept-on somehow in the midst of a 16-game win streak. You ask you know, maybe 10 people who's going to the finals this year out the West. 
I mean, I don't know how many people are going to say the Suns. Like, this team is actually slept on. They could make, you know, a, a surprise run again, basically, and be the Phoenix Suns of last year and be that surprise team. Like, it's ridiculous how they get no credit. I think that's the reason, though, is because because Phoenix prior to last year, I mean, they didn't make the playoffs, let alone a final in like, what, 10 years, 12 years, something like that. It was a ridiculously long streak that they broke, make the playoffs, upset LeBron and the Lakers in the first round, and then go all the way to the NBA Finals. A lot of people take that for a fluke because they're like, Phoenix hasn't got there. They're not that great. It was just a fluke year. You know, CP3 came in there, the youngsters, blah, blah, blah. Can they maintain that consistency? I feel like absolutely Phoenix is being slept on for I don't know what reason whatsoever. They made the Finals. Chris Paul is what he is. This team is as good as advertised. And more importantly, this coaching staff stuck together. Monty Williams wasn't just here for like one or two years or whatever. Monty Williams is here to stay. He's here building this program. And part of that is having is being consistent and being a consistent team and winning games. And Phoenix is doing a lot more than that, being 17-3 and three to start the year and only a game back. They win this game. Who's sitting atop the Western Conference? The Phoenix Suns are. Everybody's been talking about the Golden State Warriors thus far. Phoenix has a chance to make it happen, but absolutely. Phoenix has been slept on. Almost a little disrespectful for a team that made the finals, Definitely. but I think for a lot of for a lot of people out there, though, we're kind of assuming that Phoenix is young, right? They're going to kind of fall back down to earth. They're not going to be that great. You, know, you can't and count here, playoff experience now. They've been on this big stage, man. Yep, that's the thing. When you've been there, that's a whole different story. And you know what? I'm, I'm happy that Phoenix took that experience because it is true though you see that a lot of times with young players and young teams they'll make the playoffs and they'll make it really far and then they'll be like crap how do we get back and then they don't ever get back phoenix right now is making a really good case it's still really early but 17 and 3 to start the year god damn put put phoenix suns on notice man these guys are, are balling right now and it's we, we shouldn't even be saying this is a surprise the team that was just in the nba finals and they were up two zero or two one in the finals too i mean it looked like they they were going to win the championship for a second last yeah. piece of nba news michael porter jr is now out for the year so now the nuggets are without jamal murray for i think the whole year without michael porter jr for the year and this is the biggest concern with michael porter jr getting drafted is his back right this is the, he was undoubtedly the number one player in high school undoubtedly the number one pick even though we didn't really play at missouri He falls all the way to, I think, the 13th pick because of his back issues. Showed some promise, showed some potential. These back issues come up again. And now the Denver Nuggets are without two out of the three best players. And it's weird because they just gave him a hell of an extension this past summer. They gave Michael Porter Jr. a crazy, I think they gave him 200, some crazy number, a max deal. Um, And his contract wasn't even up. His contract was up this year. So uh, that's a little weird. Now you're stuck in uh you're stuck on this contract and you don't even know if your guy's going to be healthy. So bad news out of Denver. We'll see how far Jokic can take him. I, yeah. And well, here's the thing. Jokic is a little banged up too. I believe he's coming back now, which is good. Big he was back them. last night. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was those last night, but either way, like he's still, you mentioned we don't know what's going on with Jamal Murray. He's definitely, if he does come back, it's not going to be until the playoffs if the Nuggets even get there, right? You never know with that because he got hurt so late in the season last year. Yeah, Michael Porter going down is just a, a tough loss. And I really hate to see this with Denver because, again, I previously said this when we were making our, our preseason picks for the standings. 
I thought Denver was my dark horse to be the number one seed this year in the Western Conference. But Jamal Murray not being there. Jokic is now banged up, and now you lose Michael Porter Jr. That's tough. With all those guys healthy, yeah, I thought Denver was a very good basketball team that can, that could contend in the West. They were contending in the West not too long ago. Injuries have kind of derailed them, and they're sitting in, what, 10th place right now? I don't know, man. It's um, it's going to be tough. We're really going to need to see MVP Jokic step up for Denver because they need it. They're really banged up right now. It's tough sledding. And as we've talked about over the, the course of the last few years, the West just gets tougher and tougher each year and year out. So the good news is for Denver is now you got the play in, right? So it's not like you got to get the top eight, got to get top 10. Um, but we'll see how that goes. But yeah, losing Michael Porter, tough blow. And it's really unfortunate for Denver. You lose Jamal Murray last year. Now you lose Michael Porter and two years removed from making the Western Conference Finals. That's, um, that's, that's really tough for Denver. Hear that. Let's switch up to the amateurs now. Coach K farewell season has Duke at the number one spot after beating your Gonzaga Bulldogs. They, Paulo Banchero, might be looking at the number one pick right now. You know, I mean, Chet's been doing his thing, but Banchero has been really impressive for Duke. They're the number one spot right now. Gonzaga stripped down to three, and in the two spot, Surprise, surprise, the Boilermakers. Purdue is in the number two spot. I'm really surprised with Purdue. I did not know they were this good. I'm excited to watch them play now, knowing that they are this good. Um, I do think Duke being number one, I'm not surprised. That was a phenomenal game they played against Gonzaga the other night. Boncaro has been fantastic all year long. Wendell Moore was sensational in that game. Duke's Duke's doing great, and I, I do it again. I don't I don't like Duke. I don't like seeing them do that great. But this is Coach K's last year. I do I do love Coach K, one of my favorite coaches in sports. But so I do think it's kind of nice to see them in that number one spot, and we'll see them come to the tournament, see where they're at. But at the same time, it's like they're playing good basketball right now, and it'll be nice. I think they the team wants Coach K to go out with a bang, whether that's win the ACC or win the whole thing. We'll see what happens with Duke, but they look good. I'm not going to lie, man. I'm kind of happy Gonzaga lost the game. I didn't like that whole undefeated thing last year, man. That was way too much nerves, a lot going on. Again, like we like you just mentioned, these guys are college guys. They're not in the pros yet. That's a lot of pressure to handle, right? Kentucky in 2015, like we were talking about in March, comparing Kentucky to Gonzaga, very similar runs that they made. But Kentucky's team was silly stacked, right? We talked about how many guys were on that team, and yet they couldn't even get past the Final Four and get into the championship game. Gonzaga actually did it. It was too much for them. Baylor killed them in the championship game, just was way more physical than them. So I'm kind of happy Gonzaga took that loss, and now it's kind of like, all right, now we've taken a loss. Let's try and get back and see where they're at. And I think, look, at honestly, I, I, I watched Alice's game. Gonzaga went toe-to-toe with Duke. It's not like Duke went out. This game came down to the wire. They went blow for blow. So I'm 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 going to say I'm I'm happy we took the loss early, but they look good, and I hope we see them again in March. But rolling down the rest, I mean, Baylor's still unbeaten. They're not good. They're, they're the defending champions. Not many people have been talking about them, right? They lost Butler and yeah. Mitchell. No, UCLA, but they got some next dogs in that back. They do. Like, they do. Just slot it right in. Yeah, they definitely. I know they got smoked by Gonzaga the other or last week, but they're still a good team. A lot of stuff. And see, there's a there's a lot to look at here. But 
Um, but yeah, Duke number one, they're a great team. Going to be exciting to see what they do this year. But Purdue, I'm, I'm excited to actually get a chance to watch them play because from what I've heard from you is Purdue looks good. Yeah, well, let me tell you a little bit more. So here's the name to remember is Jaden Ivey. And he's looking like a lottery pick right now. But, I mean, if Purdue gets, you know, far in the tournament, who knows, man. But this dude is an NBA pro for sure. And let's talk about the Canadians, man. Zach Ide on Purdue, been a force, like a real force. Humong- like, And then your boy, you know, Andrew Numbard on Gonzaga has been balling too. He had, Nemhard. Like, you know, he looks good. 25 against UCLA. Yeah, yeah He's Nemar looks right good, now, man. Too. The Canadians are, are, are up there, man. They're representing. Yeah, facts. Now, Nemhard is, he's been fantastic. We're going to need him to be all year long. But yeah, now this week, this week, there's some, there's some good games. There's usually early on in the season, there's some good ones like you, Purdue, Florida State tonight, Duke, Ohio State also tonight. Some big mm-hmm. games going on this week to keep an eye on there. Michigan State, Louisville tomorrow, and so on and so forth. But we'll see what happens. Michigan, North Carolina. Michigan, also North Carolina. Night. Yeah, I was going to say. A, that's a fun one. So a lot of games to keep an eye out on on there. But, yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye out on the rankings every once in a while. And obviously when there's anything surprising, whatever, we'll get to it and talk about that. But, yeah, definitely some exciting games last week. It was fun to watch. Definitely, man. You want to hit the foots? Let's go for it. Let's go. Let's go to football. Let's go for it. All right. What takeaways? Takeaways. Winners, losers. Let's hit it right off the bat. Winners. All right. Yeah, if you want to go there first, let's, let's do winners and losers first. I mean, you're going to talk about the Seahawks in your thing. And I, I do want to start with them with the headlines. So once we get through our winners and losers, we'll get to that because I'm not going to lie. The bias side of me is like, this is, this is hilarious and so enjoyable to watch Seattle finally have their downfall. The non-bias side of me is like, what the hell? This is so weird to see Seattle struggling the way they are. But you're going to talk more about them, and then I want to get to that game against Washington after. But my winners and losers for this week in Week 12, my winners. And I start with the Denver Broncos. That was a really impressive win against the Chargers. I was shocked that they won the game in that fashion to win that game 28-13. And Denver, Denver, it seems like every time we expect them to take a step back, they take a step forward. And Denver's sticking around there. The AFC West, Kansas City has their next three games, our divisional opponent for the next three weeks. They got Broncos, Raiders, Chargers. For the rest of the AFC West, this is your opportunity. Take advantage of this. Denver, you got Kansas City at Arrowhead on primetime, Sunday night football. Great. You beat the Chargers, beat the Kansas City Chiefs. If you want to put the world on notice, the Denver Broncos, I got to say, they're a, they're a good football team. They're kind of this, they're kind of in the middle where like we don't really know what they are. They have a really impressive win and then they have a really dumb loss. Denver's kind of just there, but they're good. And I wouldn't want to play them late in the year because if you get them on the wrong Sunday, you could end up losing a game that's a must win for you in a hectic AFC playoffs. Denver's my first winner. My second one, the Miami Dolphins. This is a team that was one and seven. We're thinking about what's going on here. Does Flores got the locker room? What's going on with Tua? Is Tua gone? Is, the, is this the beginning of the end for him? And Miami, just like that, has stripped off four in a row. They're playing good football. Their defense absolutely embarrassed Cam on Sunday in Miami. The Dolphins, watch out, man. The AFC is just a, it's a, it's ridiculous. It's an, like you got like 13 teams in the mix, and the Dolphins just added themselves to it. Well, you know, one thing about the Dolphins, though, 
like they were before this four game win streak, right? They had one one win or something. They yeah. need to win because they traded up to get Jalen Waddle, right? So they don't even have their number one pick this year, this coming year. So I mean, there's no point in being, you know, a, a team to tank because that's that pick's going to Philly. So they gotta get these wins somehow, some way, and they're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Miami, but the <laughs> the Niners, the Niners keep rolling. So that that draft pick just went from like top six to like mid range now, and I hope it stays that way. Um, I also got the Niners as the winner. Not gonna go too much into this, but because they got a big win against the Vikings, but also the Saints lost, the Eagles lost, the Panthers lost, the Seahawks lost. Every team that we needed to lose lost, and the Niners won, and the Rams lost as well. That got the Niners with a win there. However, we did lose Fred Warner and Debo Samuel to really the heartbeat and the soul of our team. The good news is they should only miss a game or two. I would much, much, much rather have that. We need them both for January, so that's the only bad side there. Who you got for your winners in Week 12? Man, my biggest winner here is is the Packers. Coming back from a, a bad loss last week, just slaying that thing, man. I mean, when we get to our MVP talk, it's so wide open, but Aaron Rodgers has been playing really well. This team is is good. Matt LaFleur's been putting up wins, man, year after year since he's been there. And I'm also going to go – I also agree with you, man. I think your 49ers got a huge dub, like absolutely huge against the Vikings. We circled this game last week. We circled this game like maybe even two weeks ago where like this game, major, major implications and finding a way to win these games here, man. And then let's get to it, man. The biggest loser of the week. This is the Seahawks. And I know you want to talk to Seahawks. We'll do this right now. The Seahawks, man, I feel like it's almost like Russell Wilson just packing it in and he knows this is his last year and in in Seattle and he's just kind of coasting now, you know, looking for his next team next year. I feel like he's not fully into it, fully invested Russell Wilson that we normally see. They also lost Chris Carson for the year, maybe last week or the week before. Um, but you just can't lose this game to to Washington like this. And this just killed every playoff hope they have. Yeah, absolutely. And before I get to Seattle, I want to just piggyback off your Green Bay thought. That was a very impressive win over the Rams. The Rams needed to have that win. We'll get to that in a minute. But the, for the Packers to do that, no Bakhtiari, no Jenkins, no Jair Alexander, a lot of guys missing. And Aaron Rodgers is like the finesse king. Everything that he says, he just does the complete opposite. He's like, oh, I have a toe injury, and it's so painful, and blah, 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 and I can't move. I might need surgery. Aaron Rodgers is moving, on, is moving in the pocket like it's nothing. Like, he's just tiptoeing out there like, yeah, Aaron Donald, nope, I'm, you're not sacking me. Leonard Floyd, nope, you're not touching me either. And then boom, 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 you got a 60-yard pass to Devontae Adams. What Aaron Rodgers is doing is something else. The Packers, very, very impressive win. To Seattle, this is like... I don't know what, like, this is the one of the most strangest things I've seen in a while. Like, I just, I haven't watched Seattle for a full game yet this season. Not, at least since, like, September. I will this weekend when they play the Niners. But I just don't know what's going on with them. Like, are they not running the football? right? Like, I didn't really, well, I you didn't saw really that, watch. Well, you saw that, how, uh, yet, yet last night, uh, DK wasn't getting the ball. And he was open a few times. And uh, Russ just missed him or didn't even look his way. It was really weird. There's one on the two-point conversion, and he was wide open, hand up, and he tried to force it somewhere else. It was was kind of bizarre, honestly. Wow. That is is very interesting. I I did not see that. I didn't watch much of this game, but I did watch the highlights. And the thing with Russ is, yeah, he wasn't good during the game. 
but Russell Wilson was clutch. Like he did put that team in a situation to win the game or at least to tie the game in that matter. But I I just think the thing, the problem with the Seattle Seahawks kind of lies with the management and the front office. Russell, and we've talked about this multiple times. I know everyone kind of has a different take on it. But for me, it's obvious. Seattle hasn't been able to succeed because Russell Wilson has been very vocal. I need offensive linemen. What do the Seahawks do? Nothing. They go, all right, let's trade three draft picks for Jamal Adams. Oh, like, yeah, that's, and that's looking hella bad, too, man. Oh, I don't know awful, what happened to him. Awful, man. I, I, I don't like Jamal Adams. I don't think he's that good, Like if, unless you're using him properly. But either way, I think he's, he's been awful, like literally awful. No, since, since he's been in Seattle, he's done like nothing. Yeah, he hasn't made an impact at all on that team. And it's bas- Seattle's defense has basically been a one-man show since the Legion of Boom yep. broke up. And it's been Bobby Wagner year in, year out. This guy's just putting up stats, being the guy on that defense. Nobody else is doing anything on that defense. And that's a problem there, too. They don't have much going on on their defense, although they tried. Right? They went, they traded for Jamal Adams, did not pan out. The offensive line looks horrific. Their running backs aren't that great either. DK Metcalf, yes, the bias side of me is, I think he's overrated, but even the non-bias side of me also thinks he's overrated. I don't think DK Metcalf is that good. I don't. Russell I, Wilson, I agree with you. I agree with you. But Russell Wilson deserves better. That's all I kind of have to say in this situation. I think Pete Carroll, I think he might be done. I just don't really see a way of how Seattle goes forward with him because it really, it really depends. You can go a lot of different ways here, but the Cardinals are on the up. Like Kyler's just getting started. You know what I'm saying? The Niners technically are kind of just getting started too, because Trey Lance is just getting started. So they're kind of rebooting. They're opening their window a little bit more. They're obviously depending on how the whole Lance thing pans out and the Rams, obviously, I don't know what the hell is going on right now with them. But the Rams, obviously, you can't ever just, you know, shove them to the side. They're still a good football team for who they got on their team. Seattle, we knew someone was going to have a downfall in this division. I don't think any of us really thought it was going to be Seattle. But someone someone had to come last in this division, and it's showing it's Seattle. But I don't know which way it's going to go. Somebody's going to get the boot. Russell Wilson's going to ask for a trade. Pete Carroll's going to get fired. Schneider's going to be gone. I don't know. Something's going to happen with Seattle, but there's no way in hell GM, coach, and quarterback, all three come back next year. I can't see it. Someone's got to go. I think it's going to be Russ, man. I, I just think so. Like, there's no way these rumors have been circulating for a year plus, and it's not it's not him. I mean, I, I, I'm I just saying, like, he's not even playing. It's not all away from him. He's still not playing that well either. So it's just a mess going on in Seattle. Oh, it's, it's an absolute mess. But either way, I think if you move on from Russ, then Pete's got to go. Because I don't understand the point. If you're getting rid of Russell Wilson, who has been the Seattle Seahawks for the last decade, Pete Carroll's 70 years old. He's trying to win a championship right now. The Seahawks do not look remotely close to that. True, 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 so, true. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a part ways thing. It's like yeah, yeah. If Pete yeah. Carroll sees Russ gone, he's like, okay, I don't want to be here anymore. But they they can't fire Pete Carroll. He got you to suit. Like when a co- uh, a coach gets you that much success, you can't get get fired. You can't. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, that's that that's totally fair. And I do feel like it will end up being like that. But Seattle's had a horrible season this year. It's been pretty bad for them. My losers from this week, I'm going to go Philly, Chargers, Panthers. I'll start with the Eagles. They needed this win, man. And they choked against the Giants. 13-7, to Hurts looked horrible. I think he got, I think he actually got hurt in that game. 
I don't know how the hell you lose 13 to 7 to the Giants. Like, that should have been a win. The Eagles have been steamrolling teams the past few weeks. And I think the Eagles kind of showed themselves because I've said this over the past few weeks. They're not a good team. They're just not a bad team. And the Eagles kind of showed it in this one by really a choke job against the Giants. The Chargers, I don't know what's going on with the Chargers, bro. Like, you yeah, you had bro. you had them in the playoffs early on. But I kind of called this in the beginning by being like, I, the Chargers have the talent, but, like, they're still young and it's showing. Yeah, they're not looking too hot no more, man. It was just – they look – I mean, Herbert is – he did not have a good game at all. Like, he was missing throws like he makes, and that's a problem. Sometimes he just looks like, he, oh, my God, this is the next great quarterback. And then sometimes you're like, okay, what the hell was that? Like, and that's how this team has been. Sometimes you look like, wait a second, hold up. They're going to win this division. Second now, you're like, wait a second. These guys might be last in their division. Like, it, the Chargers are just that team right now. They still can make the playoffs. They're still, I think, six and five right now. Yeah. I mean, that division is is stacked. And with a big win that the Raiders had, yeah. That, that, I mean, they they got a bunch of division games coming up now. So I mean, all that whole division is gonna be tough in there. Yeah, they're the AFC West at this point is basically a round robin. Like you, you whoever wins as many division games down the stretch in the AFC West, you're making the playoffs. It's it's not anything other than that. And Denver just got a huge one right there. But my thing with the Chargers is it kind of comes down to maturity for me. Justin Herbert's incredible. We all know that. That's not a like a mystery or anything. But by being a leader of this team and being the quarterback, you got to take care of Denver. You know what I'm saying? It's those mm-hmm. games where you got to take care of business and the Chargers just didn't really take care of business. And that's been the thing with the Chargers all year. They come up with these amazing wins like Kansas City, the Steelers, like they've had some really, really good wins, but then they've had some really like weird losses. And you're like, what the hell's going on with the Chargers? That's my thing with them. And my last one's the Carolina Panthers. Oh, Lord. <laughs> that no, they was, done. Yeah, yeah. That done. was just, that was horrible, man. And I, don't, I love Cam. That was clearly a showing of rust. He clearly does not know the playbook that well, as expected. But good grief, that was that was atrocious what he did in well, Miami. Bro, let me tell you, I like it's the same thing with Kemba. Ironically, going from Charlotte to Boston back to Charlotte. That's <laughs> on, that's actually oh, kind of wow. weird. But it's the same thing. Like I watched Cam Newton play every single game last year. And he just didn't have it. I mean, I didn't expect it to change the second he got to Carolina. It's just, he's done, yeah. man. I mean, both dudes, Kem, him and Kemba, are like good-ass people, love them. But it's just at the point in their careers where it's just like, it's just not there anymore. Yeah, it was a it was a Hail Mary attempt by Carolina by bringing Cam back. And now, obviously, the news broke earlier today that Christian McCaffrey is now gone for the year. That guy's just also just made out of glass, like, I, I again, McCaffrey, such an amazing talent, but he can never stay healthy for the life of him. That's tough for Carolina. They don't look good. They got a tough schedule down the stretch as well. They got Buffalo in there. They got the Buccaneers twice and the Saints mixed in there as well. Now looking good for Carolina um, there as well. Um, let's move it back to, to yesterday's Monday night game real quick. But obviously we talked about Seattle. Washington has quietly put together a win streak. Washington's the seven seed. Like, what the, like, Washington literally came out of literally nowhere, and they're the seventh seed in the NFC. Incredible. Wow. That's ridiculous. I didn't even realize that. No, I did just, not they're either. The, they're the eight seed. They're the eight seed. No. Dude, check it right now. They, I am checking it right now. They are the seventh. They're, oh, they're, they're tied five and six with the Vikings, Saints, and Falcons. 
all five and six. But that's that's impressive. I mean, Heineke's yeah. pulling out games out of nowhere. That's that's impressive. It's it is it is impressive. No, on, on ESPN they got him in the seventy. But who knows? Either way, yeah, you're right. They're in a they're in a really a four way tie with the Vikings, Falcons, and Saints all at five and six. But Washington. I mean, it is really impressive what they've been able to do. And I give a lot. Same thing with Indy, how they started off one and four. And I was like, if I had to bet against any coach to try and lead their team to a win streak and get hot late, it's Frank Reich. And he did it again. That's same true. with Washington. Ron Rivera is that I feel the exact same way with him. He is an incredible coach, great leader. And if there's anyone who's going to take that team from nothing to something, it's Ron Rivera. And he's doing that with Washington. It's simply incredible that. Washington just found its way into this into this wild card race. The NFC wild card race is a is a joke. Honestly. You think? Like, hold on, how many wins do you think this seven seed finishes with? You think they get nine? It's gonna. It might even be eight and nine. That's what I I'm think, saying. I, I mean, think nine wins, but there's a decent chance that the seven seeds eight and nine. Because your Niners are getting into that top six, kind of cleared up above each other territory yeah. now with that win over the Vikings. But everybody else is under 500 which is ridiculous how do the eagles lose a game like that which would have put you at six and five into the seven or six and six into the seven seed that's that's what i was saying about philly and i was waiting for philly's downfall and it happened like i knew it i'm like when i looked at philly's schedule i'm like oh my god like they could easily win a lot of these games and find their way in the playoffs and then, then they do what they did on sunday against the giants who are horrible and you put up seven points in new york that is just not acceptable for Philly, but hey, it helps out the rest of the NFC, so that's fine by me. And it surely helped Washington. That's why I had Philly as a loser because not only did you choke against the Giants, yet Washington now win their third straight game, and now they're in the seventh seed in the NFC. Washington and Philly still have to play twice, so those are big games right there regarding the seventh seed. But man, Washington, I got to give them some love because that's that is freaking impressive. Um, let's keep it rolling with the headlines in week 12. Let's go back to Thanksgiving. I think there's really only one big headline game here, and that's the Raiders Cowboys. What a wild game this was! And the officiating. Wait, you, mean, you mean you don't want to talk about Matt Nagy? About <laughs> Matt Nagy and the Bears. <laughs> now, nah, I mean, hey, man, it was a, it Bro, was a, did a anybody, great game. Did anybody watch that game for real? <laughs> it, was a, it was a great game, man. 16 to 14, down to the wire. You got a game winning. Actually, field there was goal. some weird stuff with Dan Campbell in that two minute situation. Oh, my God, stuff. man. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. It is, it is kind of entertaining when you, when you see a game like that near the end. But, God, I, I'm, I've, I'm almost giving up on the Lions, man. Like, I just. I don't know what else to say about the yeah, you know, it was it was American Thanksgiving. It was not Thanksgiving over here. But, dude, watching a little bit of that game, I was like, I'm so thankful I'm a Patriots fan. Like, I could <sighs> not imagine not having Bill Belichick as my coach. Like, holy. I Yeah, that was that was the horrible game. And if I'm the Bears, I'm not exactly that ecstatic about, about <laughs> barely, barely beating the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving. Like, those are just two horrible teams. I mean, I get it. Detroit on Thanksgiving is tradition. But I don't know. Like, the NFL, you get a lot of viewers on American Thanksgiving. Not just a lot. You get a ton of viewers on Thanksgiving from not just America. I mean, football fans in Canada, like, we watch that too. And... So to have two garbage teams in that first slot, I don't know, man. You might, I I know I, I'm one of those guys where I don't like to screw up tradition, but 
I I feel bad for every American that had to deal <laughs> had to watch that game from beginning to end. He's like, oh, it's football on Thanksgiving, but man, you were not watching football at twelve o'clock on Thursday. You did four thirty, yeah, the Cowboys Raiders game, yeah, you're watching football, but. 12:30. I don't know what the hell y'all were watching. That was some some next some next level get JV football, man, in in Detroit. But Raiders Cowboys, the refing in this game was garbage. I mean, speaking of Thanksgiving headlines, the the refs were atrocious. I mean, it was 14 penalties on both teams, over 100 yards worth on both teams. It was it was it was bad, man. Really bad. What were your takeaways from that game? It was just a big dub from uh, the Raiders. Now, I mean, like. The Cowboys have lost a few games now, like where Dak has not looked good. And I was thinking, you know, Dak might be able to steal this MVP, but he's had a few weeks in a row where he's just not looked that great. And the Raiders, I I can't, we can't escape this Raiders team. They just pull out (laughs) games out of their ass, like left, right, and center. Like it's just, we can't escape them. Drama all the time. Yeah, the Raiders are <laughs> the Raiders are, are also one of those teams where like we're, we're expecting their downfall and then they come back. Like I don't, I don't know. The, the Raiders, I'll tell you this much: the Raiders are going to be in it right till the end, and it's going to come down to Week 18. And I, I don't know, man. I, I I wish the best for the Raiders because I got to give love to Derek Carr. Yeah, after this game, that was a heck of a performance by Derek Carr. Like I, I'm. Like the way that he went out there, every time Dallas came back, they had something to answer. Dak throws a touchdown, they pull within six. Derek Carr's throwing a bomb to D Jax or Hunter Renfro or Zay Jones. Like Darren Waller got hurt in the second quarter, and yet Derek Carr was just like, Yeah, I don't care. I'm just going to just ball out in the second half. Derek Carr was phenomenal. 373 yards in this game. Only weirdly, only had one touchdown in this game. Felt like he had way more. But Carr was fantastic. I gotta, I gotta just shout him out. Derek Carr is one of those guys, man. Like I don't know about you, but like, I just, I, I want to root for Derek Carr. Like I don't really care for the Raiders. I'm a Niners fan. I'm not supposed to like the Raiders, but I just, I don't know, man. I support Derek Carr. He's just a, a he's a good quarterback. He's a good guy. I just, I don't know, man. I was, I was very happy for him. That was an excellent performance against Dallas. Definitely, man. I've always liked Derek Carr. I always thought he got a bad rap, but. It's really he just does. been it's just been the Raiders. I always thought he was good enough. Like, I mean, there's not it was nothing was his fault. It's just like the, the things around him. I mean, Josh Jacobs played well in that game. Yeah. And yeah. uh Darren Waller got hurt. He did what he had to like I mean I, they they always put up like it feels like 30 a game. Like it's never on Derek Carr. Like your offense wasn't your problem. It's the problem is your defense puts up 30 a game too. And it's just like, how can you win a game like that? Gruden was, you know, Gruden and I don't know, man. It's just a lack of talent everywhere else. Yeah, no, honestly. But, yeah, you mentioned the Cowboys as well there. That that was a tough loss. I mean, they didn't have Lamb. They didn't have Amari. Gallup balled out. Wilson balled out. They, they still found a way to stay in that game. But I kind of just blame that game on Thanksgiving. Like, we talked about the Lions never succeeding on Thanksgiving. But the Cowboys also hardly ever win on Thanksgiving. But the Raiders found a way. That's a game Dallas should have won. But like you just mentioned, the Raiders are so fluky. One week, they're getting smoked. And then the next week, they're playing lights out. They make no sense, but yet they're 6-5. and five. And the AFC makes no sense. That's why you have the Chargers 6-5, and five, the Raiders 6-5, and five, the Broncos 6-5, and five, the Colts 6-6, six and six, the Steelers 5-5, five and five, the Browns 6-6. Six and six. The AFC wildcard is ridiculous. You have all of these 6-5 and five teams that one week they look like hot garbage, and then next week they look like a playoff contender. 
it's so strange. This year has just been strange, but it's parody and it's entertainment, and I love it. Definitely, man. And it's like, you ready to get into the MVP combo? Yeah, no, we will definitely get through it. Let's let's round out some of these headlines first. That there there are two, actually three games I want to get to, and then we can go to the MVP talk. Bucks Colts. This was a wild game. Mm. Leonard Fournette went off. I mean, just when Indy thought they had a chance, Leonard Fournette goes JT at JT's house and does what he does. The Buccaneers. I want to talk about them in a, in a minute, but just your your thoughts on this game. This this was, was a mu- fun game. That was a much needed win, man. That was a much needed win for Tampa. Fournette, you know what? That was a big time performance. I mean, I I knew the Bucks are gonna win this game. I was like, Colts are flying a little too high right now. Bucks needed a win. And uh come on, man. Tom Brady owns those friggin' horseshoes, man. Like he owns those things. Um Facts. but I'm surprised the Colts actually hung with them to that level. I honestly thought Brady was gonna come in, throw for five, and it was just gonna be kind of a route. But kudos to the Colts, man. They hung in there. The Colts are a good football team. They are a, they are a good football team. They're hitting on their strides. We'll talk about you know the playoff standings and all that in a little bit. But I, I think there's nothing to kind of hang your heads. That's a tough way to lose with like what is it, 24 seconds left on the clock? And they had a chance, man. That kick return, the Colts almost took that one back. Like that would have been insane if that happened. But kudos to the Colts and Bucks. That was just a great game all around. I think the Bucks definitely they needed that win, but the Colts. I'm not. I'm not really, you know, hanging my head if I'm India or if Definitely. I'm India fan. They're still playing good ball, and they almost beat the defending world champions. Um, another team that got absolutely destroyed on Sunday, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and this is another team that, again, one week they look amazing, the next week they look like garbage, and the Bengals literally obliterated the forty-one to ten. Like this was this was a disaster for the Steelers from beginning to end, and the Bengals too. The Bengals look amazing one week, and then they also look like trash the next week. I don't understand the AFC, but the Steelers, they, they got swept now by the Bengals. Things are well, not looking good. I said last week, I was like, yo, don't be surprised if this team don't win another game all year. And yeah, you they did say that. killed by Cincy. Baltimore next week. Minnesota next. Oh, Tennessee, God. Tennessee the week after that. KC. Oh, Cleveland. Geez. And Jesus. Baltimore again, bro. I mean, they're going to be underdogs in every single one of these games. Somehow, maybe, but I don't think they can make the playoffs at, at this point. Man. Good God. The AFC is so insane that, yeah, I don't I don't know. Like, the Steelers are going to have to pull some of these games, like, out of the hat. Like, they're going to need to pull some kind of magic trick to try and win some of these games. But, yeah, it's going to be tough sledding for them since he, God damn, that was a... The Bengals are so weird, like... It's the Bengals have hard like they played in a few close games early in the year against the Vikings and the Packers. Even did a weird one against Jacksonville, a close game early in the year. But ever since like maybe week six, week seven, the Bengals are either destroying the hell out of teams or yeah. they are getting beat up on. Like the Browns killed them. Like it's the Bengals are so strange. They're either beating the hell out of teams or a team is beating the crap out of them. The Bengals are strange. They have two big games. They got the Chargers this week, the Niners the week after that. It'll be interesting to see how the Bengals are. And the last game I want to I want to talk about here, but we already talked about the Packers. But the Rams, the Rams lose again, man. Third straight for the LA Rams. Look, I'm gonna say this because we talked a lot about the Rams the last two weeks. But I'm I'm just gonna say this, and then you can give your thought here. But the Rams have Jacksonville this week. 
I don't care if you beat Jacksonville. Like the Rams, the Rams can go and beat Jacksonville by 40 points this week, and everyone's like, oh, the Rams are back. No, the Rams aren't back until they beat a contender. Like you talked about it two weeks ago or whatever it was, you brought up the Rams schedule, and you're like, majority of their wins this year have been against garbage teams, Detroit, Houston, the Giants. Now they got Jacksonville. Yeah, get your shit together and beat Jacksonville. But then you got Arizona, Minnesota, Baltimore, Niners, Seahawks after this to end the year. Rams is go time week 14 against Arizona, but they're losing three straight. Aye, aye, aye. Well, I mean, the bright spot if you're a Rams fan is Odell played well. He had, you know, 10 targets. Like, eighty. Like they basically had three dudes get almost 100 yards. Like, Cup got almost 100. Van Jefferson got almost 100. Odell got almost 100. Um, still don't get nothing from the run game. And then Aaron Rodgers just picked them apart. Like, like Aaron Jones got hurt in that game, right? Or yeah. he was limited or something. And yeah. Aaron Rodgers just picked them apart. Randall Cobb getting 95 receiving yards against you. Like, this is supposed to be a defense where you got Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, all these blue chippers. This is supposed to be one of them physical defenses, beat you up defenses. And they just got their shit handed to them. Like, no, like, Aaron Rodgers literally was like getting anything he wanted. And A.J. Dillon as well in the run game for Green Bay, just balling. And I think that's the problem with the Rams. Somebody mentioned this. I can't remember who it was, but they're saying the Rams are getting away from the run game. That's the Rams' issue. Look look at the Niners. The Niners just beat the Rams by running the ball, like, what, over 40 times against you? That also is Sean McVay's bread and butter. Like, it's not, just, butter. It's, it's not just it's it's not just Set up the play action by your run game. That's all McVay Exa- wanted to do exactly. when he had Todd Gurley. That was his most successful team. You had Todd Gurley, who led the league in rushing, made Jared Goff look amazing. And now you got Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle in the backfield. And Matt Stafford, I mean, you can take the quarterback out of Detroit, but you can't take the Detroit out of the quarterback because he's not even looking that good. And no. this is just you know, it's not the it's not what Sean McVay wants here. Absolutely. You you just summed that up perfectly because exactly after watching Kyle Shanahan over the past four or five years with the Niners. That's what Sean McVay runs a very similar style offense. That's what you do. You got to run the football, get yourself into some second and short, third and shorts, because if you get in first and long, you're probably punting on that possession. But you got to, it starts with the run. You got to, you got to pound the rock. Then, exactly like you said, open it up with some play actions. That's where Robert Woods was huge, but you still have Cooper Cup. OBJ looked much better this week. Staff, like, you're putting a lot of emphasis and pressure on Matt Staff, who's fully healthy. And you said it last week. You called it, actually. You said Matt Stafford doesn't look like he's healthy. Two days later, a report comes out, Matthew Stafford's not healthy. So, I, I don't know, man. The Rams need to get back to the run game and then open up with play action because that's that's what McVay does best. And the Rams have gotten away from that mightily. They need to get back to it if the Rams want to want to get back on track here. Rounding out the Week 12 scores, Ravens beat the Browns 16-10 to 10 in a slugfest. Jets beat the Texans, Falcons beat the Jags, Giants beat the Eagles, and then the Bills crushed the Saints in the primetime Thanksgiving game. So now we can roll over to the MVP talk because this is just completely wide open. Ridiculous. Honestly, ridiculous. I mean, I'm going to go down the list. We'll go one by one here. But, like, there's not a single – like, who would you even say is the favorite at this point? I, jeez, uh, there are so many different guys you can make a case for. Lamar's had a great year. Uh, Rogers had a great year. Allen's had a great year. Brady's had a great year. Nah, JT. dude. 
nobody's had a great year. That's the problem. They've all had the same year. Good years. I think that's, that's the better saying. Look, They're here's not the great. thing, though. The number one seed in the AFC is Baltimore, right? And we yeah. just saw Lamar Jackson throw, what, four interceptions literally this past yeah. year. Yeah, it was not you good. You have the number one seed in the NFC in Kyler Murray, who hasn't even played in a month, right? Yes, So agreed. how can you give the award to Kyler Murray? He hasn't played in a month. Yeah, you can. Aaron Rodgers, they're definitely not going to give him the award for all of his, you know, off-field stuff. Tom Brady hasn't been anything crazy. I mean, I don't even know where to go. I feel like whoever, whichever quarterback is one five touchdown game away from winning this thing. Basically, I mean, that's kind of how it is. I'm I'm kind of ruined for JT to win it, to be honest. Like, I, I just, if there's any year for a non-quarterback position to win an MVP, I feel like it'd be this year. Like, this has been such a weird year with how teams have played and everyone's kind of beating up on everybody. But I think this would be the year. And Derrick Henry is not there. Derrick Henry would have been in this mix as well. But he obviously, would have been the MVP exactly. For sure. He would have been there. But JT's balling, and I don't. I wouldn't say it, it was Derrick Henry numbers for when he started. But he's already at twelve hundred yards this year. Like he's but he's five five point eight yards a carry. He's doing some incredible things. I don't know if it's going to be enough to win MVP, but if there's a year that a non-quarterback wins MVP, I would probably say it might be this year. It ain't going to a team that's a 10 seed right now. Like, they would have to make a push and win some some more games. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I can't see a team, I mean, a player on a team outside the, the, you know, one, two, or three seed getting an MVP award. But this year, it literally might happen. I don't even know. Like, JT being a 10 seed on the Colts. I mean, they've picked it up. Still a 10 seed. Like, you're not going to give the MVP to a, a guy who has a worse record than the Raiders and the Broncos. Like, you're just not going to happen. Yeah. I, I trust the Colts, though. Like, a lo- look who's ahead of them right now. You got Denver, Raiders, Chargers. I don't trust any of those teams. I so trust you think Indy. they, but you think the seven seed's enough, though? It's, I think it's tough. I think you you said it perfectly, though. If JT is the reason, like he has 100-yard games in like four of the next five games and puts the Colts on his back like he did against Buffalo, that's good enough, even as a seven seed. But he's got to do one of those type things where, like with Derrick Henry, right? Derrick Henry will put the team on his back. If JT does that, I think it's worthy enough for MVP. Hold on. I have the favorites right here in order, like betting favorites right here. Okay. So Tom Shoot. Brady's the favorite. Okay. Okay. I don't really. I don't really know. Josh Allen is the second. Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, Dak, Kyler, Herbert, Stafford, JT, then Lamar. That's really wide open because I agree. I can make a case that, like, okay, well, Brady's doing his definitely same. Thirty touchdowns, nine picks, three thousand four hundred three yards. I mean, that's. That definitely is something at 44 years old as well. Like that, that is pretty freaking impressive. But I, I don't know, man. Again, like you said, like you can kind of pick a negative out of all these guys. So it's weird to kind of say that, oh, they're the MVP, right? And there's not really te- like if Kyler, if Kyler was still healthy at this point, I would say he'd be the 100%. favorite. If, if he was Her- healthy, if, man. If Derrick Henry was healthy, it would be him. It's very, it's, it's so even if Stafford man. was like Stafford hasn't played good football in a month, basically. I mean, 
Yeah, they, he was looking like an MVP favorite in the early part of the year. It's, too. it's it's brutal, and we just named all three guys who are on my fantasy team. Amazing, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know, man. Something else there for MVP. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that and see how that goes. Um, before we get to the week thirteen rapid fire picks, I mean, let's take a quick look at at the standings right now. The AFC it looks like, I mean, anybody could be the one seed. Honestly, the Ravens sit at the top, eight and three. Patriots eight and four, Titans eight and four, Chiefs seven and four. The wild cards, the Bengals sit at the five at seven and four, Bills seven and four at the six, and then the Chargers occupy the seven and six and five with a handful of teams in the hunt. Raiders, Broncos, Colts, Steelers, Browns, Dolphins all in the hunt. And the NFC looks like Bucks, Packers, Cardinals is going to be a three way race for the one seed. Cowboys sit in the four spot, Rams at the five, but I don't know. Anyone could kind of get that. Niners at the six. Washington at the seven and then Vikings, Falcons, Saints, Eagles in the hunt. Anything kind of pop your or, you know, kind of catch your eye after this week in the playoff standings or I mean, it's a week to week kind of thing. It is a week to week kind of thing. And we're going to talk about this Patriots Bills game coming up, but the Bills beat the Patriots here. They basically flip spots. I mean, the Bills can get to the two and the Patriots can dip all the way to the six. Like it's actually there's every game matters now. And I love it. Yeah, screw it. Let's just go right to that game. Like I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm dying to talk about this one. You're gonna be there. You're gonna be in Buffalo. Hope you're bringing five jackets with you. But like this, this, it, it's crazy because every year, aside from last year, but even last year, the Patriots were one Cam Newton fumble away from beating Buffalo in Buffalo. So it's not like that Buffalo just went in there and just destroyed them like they did the second meeting late in December when the Patriots were kind of. You know, the season was already kind of out of out of hand out of their hands at that point. But every other year other than the year of 2020, for the last 20 years, Buffalo and New England, every time they play, Buffalo's like, we gotta be Tom Brady. We gotta be Tom Brady. We gotta be Tom Brady. And it seems like almost every other year, Buffalo starts the year like three and oh or four and one or something amazing. They play New England, it's like the biggest game. The yep. new new era field is rocking. The Bills Mafia is going nuts. Tom Brady goes in there, throws five touchdowns that just takes the energy out of the stadium, and boom, the Bills are off to another eight and eight year. And the Patriots are playing in the Super Bowl again and again and again. That's how it's been every single year for Buffalo. Pain, 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 year after year after year. And it's a big game. Every time the Patriots come, it's a big game. And the Bills have been on the bad side of, of it every single time. Now you get the 2020. Buffalo finally wins the division, but the Patriots weren't really relevant. You know, they were good. They weren't amazing. A lot of injuries and blah, 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 and whatever. Buffalo runs away with it, goes all the way to the AFC Championship game. Ha, ha. It's Buffalo's time now. It's our division. Fast forward a year. Your New England Patriots are 8-4, and four, looking like the hottest team in football, winning six in a row. Mac Jones is in a groove. The defense is killing it. Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers are looking like a one-two punch, and they were wide receivers three and four on any other team. They are killing it. The run game is disgusting with Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. Everybody, you don't know. Pick your poison. This Patriots team is rolling, and they still got the greatest coach of all time on their sidelines. Buffalo, this is the one, man. Like every single year for 20 years, you have been on the bad side. You want the AFC East? Take it. I'm done my spiel. <laughs> but well, like, yo, here's the thing, bro. Like, <clears throat> when the Patriots were winning Super Bowls and stuff, and the Bills weren't that great, 
If the Patriots dropped one of those games, oh my God, it was like the Super Bowl for the Bills. Basically. The it's just another game, right? Yes. Here, this I'm <clears> telling <throat> you, this game means so much more to the Bills, bro, because they are Absolutely. Holding, holding on to last year and they don't want to admit. They're like, oh my God, we had a taste of this success. And if the Patriots come in in one year and they beat us again, they're demoralized. I honestly think this will break their season if they lose this game. Like, I don't think they, they will mentally be able to recover. Like, this is – they still – right now at this point, they probably still think they're better than the Patriots. And they're like, oh, yeah, like – they're a little bit worried, though, because you never want to play the Patriots. But they're a little bit worried. They're like, okay, we got it. Let's play them. If they lose this game, dude, I'm telling you, they got Tampa the week after. And then, the, and then a week after and two weeks after that, they got New England again. This will break their spirits in – Buffalo, this will break their spirits, and I can't wait to see it happen. Oh my god, dude, you can't even script to for the Buffalo Bills to lose to New England on Monday night and then play the guy that also <laughs> basically took out your soul year in, year out the week after that. So you get stomped on by Belichick one week and then Tom Brady the next week. Oh my goodness, god, if, if any Bills fan finds me after what I just said, they'd probably kill me, but like. That's the reality of the situation right now. You play Belichick and Brady the next two weeks, the two guys that have literally crushed your souls for the last 20 years. This is Buffalo's opportunity. I'm with you. New England's got nothing to lose. Like, seriously, what does New England have to lose right now? Exactly, right? New England has nothing to lose. The Patriots lose this game. Belichick looks at his hands and be like, hey, I still got six rings. Yeah, we're probably still going to make the playoffs with the way we're playing. Mac Jones is looking at himself and be like, hey, that's a good experience. I'm only in year one. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the Patriots have nothing and to lose in this game. Basically, last week was Mac Jones' first, like, cold-weather game. Monday is going to be his first, like, real snowy-weather game like he's ever played in his life. So, it's I, just I, a, a complete learning experience for him. He's never experienced it at all. Oh, absolutely. This is a this is, this is is a true big game. Last week was supposed to. Tennessee was banged up. Yeah, you get that. This is New England. This is Mac Jones. Not New England. Mac Jones is true big game you're in prime time i really for, for the, the the divisions on the line here you got to go out and fight and play for this game i'm excited for mac jones i'm excited to see what he can do in this game but josh allen man josh allen like dude like the, buffalo has crowned this guy king already like you know what i'm saying like he like they've been searching for the guy ever since jim kelly left and they finally got josh allen this would this would be huge. Like this win would mean everything to Buffalo to be like no 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 no. We like this is our time now. You had your time. This is our time. But there was all the pressure in the world on Buffalo right now, especially of how they're playing. Great, you beat up a, a Saints team that has like that had no superstars on Thursday. And everybody was hurt for them. This is it for Buffalo, man. This is a big game. You got to take advantage and you got to take your division. This this is huge, man. I'm excited for this one. And they're basically coming off like a almost a bye week, playing Thursday to Monday. Oh they yeah, got, they got no excuse here. Like a no lot of times, you're at home, at home on every, prime time. Every potential scenario you could ask for, you got it. Literally, that's that's what I'm saying. Like the Patriots are coming in hot. Like. This is, I don't know, man. This is big. The, the crowd's going to be rocking. You cannot lay an egg if you are Buffalo. You cannot. The Bills radio is going to be a shit show Tuesday morning if the Bills don't win this game. 
this is going to be huge. I can't wait for this one. You're going to be there. And <laughs> I mean, you're, you're going to be walking around real warm and nice if the Patriots come out and win this game. <laughs> but with that being said, let's, let's move over to our picks for week 13. Um, I went just over 500 last week. I went eight and seven. Same. Yeah. So it's similar stuff last week. A couple good ones, a couple bad ones didn't go our way. So let's get it started. Thursday night football, Cowboys and the Saints. Both teams, I don't know, both teams coming off of Thanksgiving losses, playing on Thursday night. Rumors, Taysom Hill is going to start. Looks like Trevor Simeon is done, which I, I'm, I'll i be honest. I don't know why the Saints just didn't do this from the beginning. Yeah. Like, Taysom Hill was your guy last year when Breeze went down. Has he not I'm, earned enough? Like That's what I'm saying. I'm kind of shut. Like, don't get me wrong. Simeon, Trevor Simeon, especially for fantasy reasons, Trevor Simeon has been great for me in fantasy. But he's not winning you football games, and that's a problem. And I don't really know why Sean Payton went in that direction, not Taysom Hill. Maybe it was because of the way that Sean Payton wanted to play call. I don't know. Having said that, the Cowboys don't have Mike McCarthy and some of their coaches in this game, but I believe Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb should be back with that. I'll take the Cowboys 27-24. Yeah, I'm going to take the Cowboys 28-21 here. They got to get this win. They got to get rolling. Yeah, I think with Taysom, the Saints will be a little bit scrappy. I hope Alvin Kamara is back. But even if he's not, I'll take the Cowboys in that one. Buccaneers and the Falcons. Curious to see your scoreline in this one since you always say the Falcons play the Bucs hard. They do, but not this time, man. <laughs> not this time. Bucks are rolling here. I think they went 38-17. I'm going to take the Buccaneers 34-24. And the Falcons, the, they're what, also one of those 5-6 and six teams where I'm like, how? Like, like how, how, are you, how are you still in the playoff picture? Like, how are you tied? For a playoff spot. The Falcons have been horrible this year. They are lit. Cordero Patterson, the real reason why he was on the injury report last week wasn't because of his ankle. It was because of his back. Because he's been carrying the Atlanta Falcons all season long on his back. They might as well just put Cordero Patterson's face on the middle of their field because that's who the Falcons have been. They've been the Atlanta Pattersons. Like he's he's been Atlanta. He comes back from an ankle injury and just just destroys Jacksonville. Like it was nothing. As a running back on an ankle injury. Incredible stuff what Patterson's been doing this year, but I'll take the Bucks in this one by 10. Cardinals, Bears, hoping Kyler and D-Hop return for Arizona. Yeah, I think they, <clears throat> they kill them here too, man. I think they went 35-10. to 10. Cardinals finally get like a real proper full roster, and they win this one big. I'm going to take the Cardinals 26-17. I think Kyler comes back. Starts off a little rusty at first, but he'll get into the swing of things. Cardinals will win this game, and the Bears just keep losing, and the clock is still ticking on Matt Nagy. I have no idea how he even <laughs> got to coach another game. is is shocking to us. Vikings-Lions. Vikings-Lions, man. I I can kind of see it, man. I can kind of see it, but I won't do it. But Vikings will win this one big, too. 31-10. This okay. is every week. Every week we, we get we get to the Lions game and we're like, this is the week. I can see it. I know they can do it. I have lost hope in, in the Lions, man. They they had it last week. Like it was right there for them. And they somehow, some way screwed it up. I'll take the Vikings 30 to 16. They lost Dalvin Cook, which is really tough. But again, good news. He shouldn't be out long term. So that's good there. I think the Vikings will have their way. The Vikings, I'll be honest, they had a lot of missed opportunities against the Niners on Sunday. They played a good game, but they had a lot of missed opportunities. Kudos to my Niners defense. They played great down the stretch, but I like the Vikings on a blowout against Detroit. Dolphins and the Giants. Jeez, I think the Dolphins are going to be all of a sudden six and seven after this one. 
Dolphins don't win this on 23-17. They're just getting lucky with the schedule almost. I agree. I think Miami keeps this rolling as well. 28-24 over the Giants. I, I like what Miami's doing right now. And the Giants, that was such an unimpressive performance against Philly. I'll take the Dolphins in that one. Eagles and the Jets, another weirdly game, weird game. This will be a game where the Eagles put up 40. And uh, you're like, what the heck? The Eagles put up 44 to 16 in this game is my call. And it's just like, what the hell is going on in this league? Damn. I'll take the Eagles 26-21. I think they'll have their way against the Jets. They'll find a way. The Jets are kind of scrappy sometimes. But, yeah, I agree with you. I'm probably leaning more on the blowout side. But I'll take the Eagles by five. Colts and the Texans. Yep. This is a big win for the Colts. They need it. Colts, get this one. Man, there's a lot of blowouts this week, eh? 34 to 14. Yeah, this week's not not the greatest slate when you look at the games. I'll take the Colts 37-23. JT goes nuts. And you know what was funny with Indy on, on Sunday? T.Y. Hilton was getting involved. I forgot that guy existed. I was like, damn. I'm like, T.Y.'s on the injury report all the time, and he got involved. Maybe he gets involved again against Houston. Houston, yeah, no, nothing's going to happen there. Washington and the Raiders. This will be an ugly one, man. I think this one goes 23-20, and I think Washington steals this one. Six and six all of a sudden. This is what's what, what you like to call a classic letdown game for the Raiders. At home, Washington's coming in hot. I'll take Washington by 10, 31-21. Wow. I just, I, I, I don't know. the Ra- I just, I feel it in this game. The Raiders, they're, they're so weird, man. If the Raiders truly want to get somewhere, take care of business and win this game. Rams and the Jags. Well, hold on. Did you miss a 1 o'clock game? Did you miss the chargers Bengals? I did miss the Chargers Bengals. That's probably the best one o'clock game on the schedule too. Chargers Bengals, Jesus. Chargers Bengals, man. I feel like th- these two teams have to have the same record, and if the Chargers win this, they'll have the same record. So it just makes sense to me. So I'm going Chargers thirty four thirty one. I don't even know how the hell I missed this game. This is like probably the best game other than the Patriots Bills game of the day, and I missed it. This is a huge game in the AFC. You got. Two of the best young up-and-coming quarterbacks in the league, and Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow going at it. This should be a really fun one. I'll take the Chargers 29-27. They need this one, and the Chargers have these games. They're, they play weird some games, and they play really good in others. I'll take the Chargers over the Bengals. That should be a fun one. 29-27 now to the Rams and Jags. Rams and Jags. Rams got to get this one, man. They really got to. I think they went here 28-10. to I mean, just take care of business. I'll take the Rams 34-13. They, they will win this game. They'll, they'll get back to their ways. But again, I'm not taking anything away from that game. I want to see the, the Rams want to make a statement. Beat Arizona the next week on Monday Night Football. Steelers and the Ravens. Come on, man. I love this type of game. But Steelers, I don't know. if the, Steelers are going to pull one of these games out. It could be here at home against you know a, a blood rival. But can't see it happening. Lamar bounces back from last week. And it's uh, it's a good game, 27-24 Ravens. I think this will be a good game. And, yes, Steelers-Ravens is one of the more fun rivalries in the NFL. I mean, it's always a physical war when they play. I'm going to take the Steelers. I don't know why I keep doing this to myself. (laughs) I'm taking the Steelers. But they're at home. They hate Baltimore, and I know that for a fact. I think they'll win this 23-20. It's going to be an ugly, ugly game. But I think they'll pull through in the end there. Niners-Seahawks. Rolling with your Niners, man. How can I? Both these teams are going in opposite directions. Thank you guys. I went big here, man. 34-17. The curse is over. 
The curse is over. Let's try and make it two in a row. That's what I like to hear. I don't think this is going to be a blowout because the Seahawks, I get they're struggling a lot right now, and I hope this game is different. I really, really hope this game is any different. But the Seahawks always have our number. I think it's going to be close. The Niners will win this game 23-16. We don't have Debo in this game, so it's going to be tough. I'm, I'm, it'll be very interesting to see what Shanahan does to mix up the game plan because our offense runs through Debo. So it'll be very interesting to see how he goes about this without him. I'd expect a big day from Brandon Ayuk. And Elijah Mitchell, man, honestly, I got to put this up. Elijah Mitchell is sick. For a seventh-round rookie, I was so freaking impressed what he did against Minnesota on Sunday. I had to put that in there. Eli Mitchell, keep balling, my guy. Incredible performance in that game. Chiefs-Broncos Sunday night. Yeah, I don't know why this spread is minus 10 for the Chiefs, man. I think this is way too high of a number. I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos hang around. I'm going to take the Chiefs to win this one just by a touchdown, though, 28-21. These people in Vegas who make these bets even watch football, like, this is – this that's definitely not a 10-point, a like, spread there. Like, the, the Chiefs' defense is not the greatest. And the Broncos are scrappy as hell. I'm going to take the Chiefs 30-26. to It'll be a close game near the end there. And last but not least – your New England Patriots against the Buffalo Bills, the game of the week. Break their spirits, man. We're going to break their spirits. We're going to win this one 30 to 16. Oh, my God. That, wow. Would that be a heck of an episode next week if that happens? I'm going to take the Patriots 28-25. I just got a weird feeling, man. New England's rolling right now. And they, their hearts and to go against, and I think they keep it up. They're going into Buffalo. This is not going to be something new to them. For Mac Jones, it's going to be something new, but Mac Jones hasn't really given anyone a reason to go against them. Like, he's doing his job, and that's the Patriot way. That's going to be a fun one. Next week's episode should be a fun one. Patriots, Bills, get all the reaction next week on the island. Should be a fun one. Be final thoughts. Hell yeah, man. I just can't get more hyped than I already am for that game. It's going to be exciting. We're going to have the full reaction to that Bills-Patriots game. Hopefully, B's hands won't be too cold to record that day on Tuesday after after that Bills game. But that'll do from this episode of Baller Island. Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. And enjoy Week 13 in the NFL. Thank you for listening to another episode of Baller Island. Make sure to stay tuned. We got a lot more sports content coming your way. And also, don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis.